Side Hustle Show 317. Should you consider licensing or franchising a business? Here's how a school nurse started a six-figure side hustle. What's up? What's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because ideas without action aren't worth much. But sometimes you don't have to come up with the idea all yourself. And that's the case with today's guest, Tamika Downs. She's a school nurse by day, but was looking for ways to add income after hours and ended up licensing someone else's business idea. Now, stick with me here because Tamika's side hustle is a lice clinic. It's an appointment only brick and mortar salon of sorts that helps parents and kids get rid of lice. Not exactly the most glamorous niche in the world, right? But Tamika's clinic did six figures in her first year, all on the side from her day job. Stay tuned in this episode to hear how she evaluated the risks and benefits of the licensing opportunity, how she drives business, and how she set this up to really limit her own hours. After all, it's still a side hustle and just one of several Tamika has going on. She also co-hosts the House of Fi podcast, House of Fi, and she blogs at ReluctantFrugalist.com. And she's got three kids. Notes for this episode, along with the full text summary and links to all the resources mentioned, are at SideHustleNation.com slash Tamika, T-I-M-I-K-A. Now, whether you're ridding clients of lice or providing some other service, you're going to need an easy and professional way to get paid and keep your books in order. For that, I rely on our sponsor, FreshBooks.com. Inside the FreshBooks cloud accounting software, you'll find invoicing, expense management, time tracking, and more. All in one place, so you can spend less time on admin and paperwork and more time making real progress on your business. Side Hustle Show listeners can start your 30-day completely free trial today with no credit card required at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. Now, how did Tamika even get introduced to Elise as a potential business idea? As you might have guessed, it came from her day job as a school nurse. A massive lice outbreak at the school led her to seek out alternative, faster treatments. And that's when she came across this special machine, this device that would get rid of the bugs in just an hour instead of weeks of meticulously combing and shampooing. The problem was you couldn't buy it. It was patented and only available under license. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Tamika after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. Originally, I knew no better, so I looked for it as a machine to buy. But when I did the research, it was definitely a situation where you needed to license the machine, sign a contract with this company that owned the patent to the machine, and go through specific training to use the machine. And all of that is in order to protect the person who comes in and gets treated. A lot of times it's young kids and moms and dads, and you're using heat near their scalps. So you have to use the machine in a certain way so that so as to just keep them safe. And all of that is a part of the training that goes into buying this licensed territory. Were there multiple companies that have competing technology or is it really only there's one game in town, either you do business with us or take it or leave it? There is no one else that has competing technology. This piece of technology, which is called the RLA machine, was designed by a doctor, like a PhD doctor, who studies bird lice. And one thing that he noticed when he was cultivating the lice, when he wanted the birds to be lice-free, was that if you applied dry air, that these bugs would dehydrate, they would desiccate. So he actually created this machine to use when his daughter he, he, he basically used the information that he knew about lice. And when his daughter caught lice, he went into designing a product that could be used not just for birds, but for human beings. And that's where the RLA technology comes in. The way that the situation was set up on my end was I could get access to their machine, open up my own clinic. That was not my idea. That was That was their sell to me. That was their pitch to me. Instead of me just having one machine that they were moving to a model where you opened up a clinic and you treated people like a salon, except this one, you, you're cleaning people's hair. You're cleaning the lice out of people's hair. 
And I hadn't thought of that. I I thought of it as a side hustle where I just have this machine and move and mobily go or have a spot where I can do these treatments. But once I heard that it could be a different type of side business that had an actual location, it just had this piece of intrigue for me. And I asked more questions and got more information. So that appealed to you because that would, I imagine for a lot of people, be discouraging. Like, oh, I can't, I just... My one idea, I can't get the machine unless I do this, unless I take on all this extra overhead and complications. But you were like, okay, maybe maybe this is even better. Yeah. The idea that there was a company that was now licensing this machine out and allowing other people to take it to this next level where there was this brick and mortar component, let me know that it's obviously something that is able to work. And so it was less frightening for me and more encouraging when they said that. Now, it meant that I had to think about things a little bit differently because when you go into a business where you have to pay the rent, just like if you own a house versus renting a house or whatever, you have to come up with the money every single month. So I, it became very important to me that I hit and that I knew I could hit a certain revenue number every month in order to pay for the business, but also to pay myself from the business. Right. Tell me a little bit about this licensing agreement and what all that entailed, what the startup costs looked like. I'm just curious if people are thinking, yeah, I don't have to maybe necessarily come up with a business model completely from scratch. I could just license somebody else's idea and sell it. Yeah, the licensing model is a very interesting one, and it's also different from a franchise model. But before I get into the differences between the two, my territory has a cost to it, and that dollar amount has changed over time. And since the inception, that territory amount seems to have gone from about $18,000 to get your training, your website, your startup package, the machines, to about $42,000, which is the most recent cost for a territory. This is also as the awareness about the existence has gone up. Okay. And this is their way to say, look, we have a patent on this technology. You're not going to be competing with anybody else in this given geographic area. And on top of that, we're going to train you how to use it, how to set up your business. Yes. I think that before they went to this model, they allowed you to buy the machines separately. So a doctor's office, for instance, could buy the machine. But they made the decision as a company to go towards this model and they, for their own reasons, this is what they offer. So now that you have that basic setup cost, the startup cost of buying a licensed territory, you know approximately how much of a population is within that territory and you can begin to do some research on all of the different components that would make sense to you in deciding whether or not to start that business up. And in addition to that, once you open your spot, you need to set aside some money to design it and decorate it. And me being as a part of the FIRE movement and having a goal of financial independence, I knew that in my business, it was very important to me to go as lean as possible. So for me, I spent about $4,000 extra to get everything set up, whereas others may have spent $30,000 to do a full build out and to add sink or to add other things. I purposely kept it low knowing that my first goal in my first year was to cover my costs. And the more costs I put on, the more difficult that is. Yeah, that seems really low to get a brick and mortar, like a a storefront ready to be open for business. Yeah, it was extremely low. I found a place that did not require any build out. And in fact, I even liked the color of the walls. The floor was in good shape. Everything about this place was fine for me. And knowing that the people who are coming in are going to be frantic, they just want a clean place, and they're going to be there for an hour. If it's just one person getting treated, they're there for 45 minutes, and then they're gone. That means that I don't need it to look luxurious. I don't need it to have very special stylistic items and art or anything like that. I need it to be a clean place that's straightforward. And so my 
my space is actually not a storefront. It's in a professional office building. So it's in a condo with other doctors. There's an optometry location. There's tax professionals. There's a podiatrist and there's a psychologist. There's three floors to this building. And so my space is about 550 square feet. It's very small. It has two treatment rooms. One has a single chair. The other has two chairs and three stations and a back office and a main office and a bathroom. So it's very small. Okay. How much did it cost to rent? My rent starts at $1,300 a month. And over the five years, it goes up to $1,500 a month, something like that. I'm not sure of the exact final number. So you're committing yourself to do this for for five years. You're plunking down significant investment in the licensing fee upfront, and then you're spending this money kind of doing tenant improvements. Tell me about evaluating the deal and like where the confidence came from to take that leap. Well, the first thing that I would recommend when you're looking to start a side business, a side hustle is to go through like a series of exercises with yourself where you think through what you want that side hustle or side business to give to you. Like how significant do you want it to be? How will it meet your needs? And then I think the next thing I did was I went and I completed some market research and I reached out to other clinic owners. And all of those things together let me have a level of confidence that I could decide if I were to only make this amount in the first year or the second year that it would be okay for me personally that I would get a benefit out of it or multiple benefits out of it and it wouldn't be a burden to me. Okay. Tell me about that market research. Was that just a question of like how many elementary schools are in this immediate area or what else was going on? Because the way you're describing it, I'm kind of picturing walking down Main Street and seeing a Quiznos and being like, oh, I feel like a sandwich. Like, And because of the Quiznos brand, I want to be like, that sounds good. Versus even though you've licensed the technology and the, and the machines, you're still going to be responsible for covering that monthly rent and driving the business. I guess that was a long way to ask what the market research process was like. It was definitely a process that I had to learn. And I used some common sense, but I also did some research. And also I asked the company. So if you're going to get into a a relationship with a company like this, whether it's a licensed territory or whether it's a franchise, you can ask them how they determine the territory size, what goes into it. And they should be able to tell you, okay, we think that families that make at least $50,000 as a family can afford the treatment at this price point. And we see that your territory has this many children in it, this many families. And then you should definitely go back and find a way to confirm that information. And so I asked people that I knew who make varying amounts of money, would you ever spend this amount of money for a treatment for head lice? And some of them said no, and some of them said yes. The thing is, you don't know until you're actually in the situation where you're dealing with head lice what you would actually spend. There are some people who know right away, and it doesn't matter how much they make, they're going to spend the money. And then there are others who want to do DIY it. And two months later, when they still have lice, they break down and come in. And then 45 minutes later, they're done. But other things that I did was I looked into general demographics per town. So you can look up the town of Medford and just that like wiki information or government information about when the town was founded, how big it is, how many schools. You can look up the schools. You can simply Google the schools and one by one for the public schools at least go in and see what size public schools there are. You can Go to the United States Postal Service website and they have a bulk mailing program and you can go in by zip code and figure out almost down to the street what people, what the average income is, what other businesses are around there. And you can take all of that data, put it together and decide that also relying on my anecdotal evidence of these school-wide outbreaks that there are going to be people who need this and it's more of a matter of letting them know that it exists and less of a matter of there not being anyone that needs the service. Right. 
Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Doing some due diligence on that front. What were the conversations like with other clinic owners? So the company puts you in touch with people in other parts of the country who had already taken the leap? Yeah. So they recommended that I speak to somebody out in Virginia. And they also gave me a number for somebody down in Florida. And just my with my nature, I <laughs> made sure that those were not the only two people that I called. Because obviously, that's someone that they're going to say we're going to give someone your number. <laughs> they, they cherry picked those for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those, those are the cheerleaders. So I made sure to call other people in other states. And there are Lice Clinics of America. That's the franchisor. Now they are a franchise. They were a license. They're the ones who have a website where you can go into any state and there's a locator and you can call anyone. And some Owners answer their phone. Some owners don't answer their phone, meaning that they have someone else do their phones. But for the most part, I could get in contact with actual owners. And you can also go into Facebook and you can actually find the Facebook pages of these clinics and ask them through Messenger if you can talk to them about a clinic, talk to them about what it's like. And many of us are very nice. We're very open. We're nurses. We're doctors. We are pediatricians. We're hairstylists in former lives or in additional, additionally. And many of us are open to talking. Some of us may not be. But if you're going to put your money behind some something like this, you should at least find a source of your own, one or two or even three sources of your own, in addition to who the franchise or or the licensor puts you in contact with. Yeah, absolutely. Did it give you pause that, well, if this is such a great thing, how come nobody is in this town already? No, it actually didn't give me any pause because the lice outbreak happened about five years prior. And that location, which is called Lice Aunties, is actually or was actually still in existence when I decided to enter that market. So that told me that there was a business that had actually been open for 10 years and was obviously doing well enough to stay open for that time. So if I had gone in and then that business was gone, then I would have been more hesitant, but it was still there. Okay. Is that the same company under the same license or is that a different treatment? No, it's a, it's the same treatment. So what I'll say to you is that the difference between licensing and franchising is that 
Well, one of the many differences, I can talk to you about it from three different perspectives. And one is from the actual franchisor or licensor. So if you have a piece of patented or protected product or information or a process and you want to license it out for others to use, you're giving them the opportunity to use that thing and they can name themselves what they want or design their place the way they want. They can use it in their business or service without you controlling the look, the feel, the reach, the use of the brand and the and or the product. So that's one difference. And I would say from the perspective of myself as a licensee, I feel like I started my own business using somebody else's machine. I do not feel like I'm a part of a franchise where they gave me the design, the colors, the POS, meaning I use Square. Yeah, the uniforms, all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. And the third perspective is from the end user. So somebody who's an end user who goes into Lice Aunties is going to feel a different way than if they go into Lice Clinics Medford or Lice Clinics Danvers. However... If you were to go into a Chick-fil-A or a McDonald's, you're going to feel almost exactly the same, maybe with different accents, depending on where you are in the country. So those are the differences. And so this was a license. So Lysontes was able to name themselves Lysontes. And other people throughout the United States have named themselves like Lickety Knit or other things. But as Larada, the main company of La Rada Sciences is the main company of Lice Clinics of America. As they began to move closer to a franchise model, they started to uniform. So they made all of the clinic websites Lice Clinics Medford or Lice Clinics Danvers. And so you can kind of see the split if you were to go to their website to locations. You could see the split for where they, who came in after they started to make that move and who came in before. Okay, gotcha. And so... The lice aunties are in a different town or the next town over, or that just doesn't doesn't fall under the same territory? No, absolutely not. So here in Massachusetts, we have Danvers, Lice Clinics Danvers. We have one in Burlington, lice aunties. And so they are not in the same town. Each licensed territory has a certain population that it serves. So we get a list of zip codes. And in each of those zip codes, there's a number of people that we we can service to. And we don't cross promote or it's very easy with Facebook ads or with Google ads to put in actual names of towns or to put in actual zip codes of towns and only market to those specific areas. Right. I remember, you know, from working in the car business, a point of contention amongst neighboring dealers would be like, you, you know, you sold that into my territory. Like, that was not cool. Like, this guy is advertising all over the place. He's pulling in my customers. Like, well, you go get them, you know? No, that definitely can lead to some problems. And there have been other states that have had similar types of problems. And the other thing is, these are frantic parents. And some of them are. And they call me and my phone... I don't pick up because I'm, you know, somewhere, I don't know, I don't have service. They call the next person. So even if they're in my territory, there's sometimes that crossover and it goes in every direction. So we in Massachusetts are very close. We go out to lunch and dinner and stuff. So we talk about this and it all kind of equals out. If I'm listening to this, I'm saying, well, this licensing idea sounds interesting to me, at least removes one variable from the equation. Is there a centralized list or resource that you know of that highlights different licensing opportunities related to some niche or maybe not even any niche at all? Like you kind of had the the nursing background. It sounds like there's some overlap from your work, but I'm just curious, like if maybe I don't have the background with dealing with lice, but this overall model sounds okay. Do you know of anything like that? Yeah, there are a couple of places that you could go to find out some more information. So you could go to Franchise Direct, which is one website where you can search by state, city, town, and kind of open it up to a number of miles away from you. You could go to Biz by Sell. Sometimes there are businesses that are sold there that may be a franchise or maybe a one-off business. And if you do like a basic 
search and you like to hear your information, there are some podcasts or other online resources that you could also look into just to see more about what a franchise really is like. Because it it is kind of like this business with training wheels in a way. You get to have just a lot of insight and guidance. One of the things that I had to go through was finding my own place and knowing the market rate. And we're in Massachusetts. So I actually found a place that was 13, that it was negotiated down to 13. I was trying to negotiate it more. But there are things that I didn't put into my contract for my lease or things that I didn't consider. I tried to consider everything. So doing it with an actual franchise and having access to them allows you to hopefully avoid certain things that you could have avoided during the process because there's a lot of moving parts. Particularly with my business, in the first year, I did exceed six figures of revenue for my business. It was such an exciting thing to do to know that. that, That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it's awesome. You know, starting from nothing, basically. Yes. I didn't have to put another dollar. And it all on the side. Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. So there are definitely opportunities that are worth exploring. And the best thing that you can do is reach out and talk to somebody that's in that field and do all of your research first. And nothing, even with all this research, nothing is guaranteed. It still takes your sweat equity. It still takes your time. It's still a hustle, but it just gives you that peace of mind and it lets you know, okay, what's plan B? What's plan C? Yeah. Has the has the company now put you on their cherry-picked list for new clinic owners to call up? <laughs> yes. I have actually received some calls. I believe it. I believe it. Let's talk about that sweat equity part of getting customers. Now you've got, okay, hey, I committed myself to this 1300 bucks a month and now I got to figure out how to make money on that. What was it like in the first couple months of trying to get customers in the door? Well, the first day that I opened, I got my first customer. I think that day I made about $300. Now, how'd that happen? That was just Google ads. That was literally an ad. People are searching, how do I get rid of lice? And so my ad popped up and she clicked on it and she came in and it was so exciting and and so like nerve wracking. But Google ads is definitely part of the equation. Referral traffic is part of the, the equation and doing some definite teaching while the person's in the chair so that they know that they have had this for a certain amount of time. And we kind of tell them approximately how long they've had it. There are people who have very little and there are people who have quite a bit of lice. And so we can let them know about how long it's been. And then the, it's up to them to go back through to, in order to make sure that they do not become exposed again to go back through and let those that they've been in contact with know to get into the clinic to be checked. It's $25 to be checked. It's very quick. And we can tell you you're clear. We can give you sprays and things to keep bugs away while you know that there's an outbreak around you. But otherwise, referral traffic is one of the best ways because there are people there and they, they text right from the chair and then other people come. And, you know, they meet at the Lice Clinic. (laughs) Facebook is also another place just for awareness. You're not going on Facebook to figure out how to treat your lice per se. But if we know that people have families, young kids, and they know that there's a Lice Clinic in the back of their mind after seeing that ad a few times, when their child does get lice or if they get lice, they'll say, I think there's something, there's like a clinic or something, there's a, there's a salon or something that can help me out. So those are the three prongs of it. Okay, okay. Do you have somebody answering the phone during business hours? Or is that you while you're helping kids at the, at the school? And, oh, the phone <laughs> rings, I gotta get, I gotta, sorry, I gotta take this. You know, how do you, okay, an online business is one thing, but to have a physical like brick and mortar location and still be working full-time, I'm really curious to hear how you have this set up. It was my goal from the beginning to not be in the clinic all the time. And pretty soon after starting it, when I was going into the clinic after work, multiple days, multiple evenings and weekends, I knew, okay, this needs to happen even sooner than I thought because I'm getting really burnt out. I'm getting tired. And that 
initial energy of opening your own place, getting your first key, setting it up and thinking every time you open the door, how nice it looks in there and everything, that takes you quite a a ways. So the first six months or so, I was just energized to go in. But maybe four or five months in, I could tell I needed more help. Okay, so school. So right now, like at the beginning, school is getting out at three or three thirty, and then you've set up appointments to meet me there after school hours. Yes. So I had the drive down. It took me. It took me a certain amount of time to get into the clinic. So I had the drive through the traffic down, and I knew I could only make my first. I pushed it, so I made my first appointment by four fifteen. And once it was like the winter, I had to push that back to four forty five because it took me longer to even get there. So I had all of that down. And once you get your whole process in place, your whole system of how you do things, you can then begin to offload some parts of that system. So for me, the phones were very important to get offloaded nearly at the beginning because of the fact that I'm a school nurse. I can't have this phone ringing all the time. And for the first like couple of months when the phone wasn't ringing as often, that was fine because I can't answer my phone if there's no one right there. And if there is someone there, I can wait until I have another moment and make a phone call. So for me, that was fine, but I didn't feel completely comfortable with that. So I got my phone covered pretty, pretty quickly. And so somebody has my phone. Her name is Sarah. She's awesome. And she answers and books all of the appointments. She books the appointments and she lets the technicians know, okay, you need to be there today at this time. My technicians are on call. And so once they're done, they can leave. And that also stops their pay. You go in, you get paid for your time, you get paid tips, and then you leave and you clock out. And if you need to go back in later, you can. But in between, you can run errands. You can do whatever you need to do. You can go home. So all of that works pretty seamlessly. And it's very simple. And all I had to do was find a doorknob that multiple people could open without me. Okay, fair enough. Does does Sarah sit in the office as like a receptionist or is she a virtual receptionist person? Yeah, just a virtual receptionist person. <laughs> uh, she's not actually virtual. She's here in Massachusetts and she actually can cover, she's certified. So if she has a moment, because she also works, if she has a moment and she can go into the clinic, she will go into the clinic. So sometimes that does happen where there's no one and she has time and she'll go in. But otherwise, she is paid according to the calls. Okay, like how many calls she answers or how many appointments she sets up? Yes, she's paid according to her time with the calls, how many she sets up. And so it varies depending on that per week. Okay. And then as far as training people, was it, here, let me show you how to use this machine, because if you screw it up, you could you could hurt somebody. And now you're certified, now you're trained, and you can take these appointments on your own. What was that? part of the process like for you? Yeah. So I received my training with the company itself. And for the first six months after you open your clinic, you are not allowed to train. The company has to train anybody that you hire. So that is a multi-day training, multi-process training. Part of it is through an online portal. And then part of it is virtually through Skype where you're watching them use the machine, meaning I would be in the room watching my tech use the machine and possibly even use the machine on me. But the person who's doing the training is in Colorado or wherever, and they are checking them off and making sure that the technique is right. So it's kind of a twofold, two-part training. I'm also there. And then after that six-month period is over, I can train whoever I hire. So I am now certified to train anyone to use this machine. So people that I've hired after that point, I have trained them in person. Okay. Now they say, okay, you've been doing it for six months. We haven't gotten any complaints. You're you're free to go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And on the license model, was it just that upfront fee or is there, okay, for every treatment that you do, we're going to take a percentage of that as well. Yeah. So that is a really good question. So there's an upfront fee that includes a package of things, including the training. And now they actually, you actually go out to their test clinic and do your training. There's no more of the virtual. So 
All of that is included just to get you started. But every time you use their machine, you essentially pay them an amount. And so with this machine, it's kind of like a royalty that is perpetual. Every time you use a new tip with this machine, because every person requires a new tip for hygiene purposes, every time you use a new one, that counts and you pay a dollar amount based off of that usage every month. And that's just a monthly fee that varies. There's also a counter on the back of the machine that keeps track of time. Keeps you honest. Yeah, it keeps you honest. And so you have to take a picture and send a picture of that <laughs> as part of your uh, monthly reports. Fair enough. Is there a high season, low season? Was there, <laughs> was there ever a month where you're like, uh, I'm not going to break even this month? Oh, no. So for me, I kept my costs extremely low, which means about $1,300 for the location with no utilities. So that was a flat rate. And then a phone, which I just add a phone line. And I did, for some reason, I thought that people would want to be in the clinic watching TV. So I got <laughs> I got cable <laughs> and I just got basic cable, but I pay for that until my contract is yeah, up. Well, you're going to be sitting there for an hour, you yeah. know, with <laughs> this thing going in your hair. Yeah, you might have some entertainment. Yeah, but you know... The kids bring their homework, so there's a little table for them. And a lot of kids actually don't get to watch TV during the week. So the TV has been in much less use than I thought. But however, that is a monthly cost. And I've brought it down as low as it is, as low as I could. So that's basic TV, a phone, internet. You definitely need that. And so that and then the Google ads is my monthly, most of my monthly cost. And every four to six weeks, I'll have to make another order of products, which includes any of the oils, sprays, paper towels that we use, and the back bar items that we actually sell in the clinic. So my monthly wasn't very high. I think it took me like 18 treatments to cover my expenses. I think that's a really important thing to note here is, number one, the Google ads component of it. It's like you can immediately get in front of people who have the specific problem that you solve because they, they're like, hey, I need to make this go away. You can raise your hand with Google ads and say, hey, I can help you with that. And number two is you're not selling your $5 footlongs. You know, you're selling a $200 treatment. So it's like each customer is a pretty significant chunk of money towards that monthly nut. And like you said, it only took 18 before you were in the black. Exactly. So in my first month, I think I did 24 treatments. That is from Google. Nobody knew I was there. So that's from Google Ads. And let's say last August, I did 65 treatments in the clinic. And I also did some treatments at a summer camp. So let's call it like 75 treatments in August of last year. So when you look at it, in that way, you know, you're always covering your very basic expenses. And then at a certain point, you know, like once I moved out of the clinic and stopped going in and now have staff, that becomes a variable cost. There are variable costs, essentially. That becomes a variable cost. And so even though you make more, you know, part of it goes towards that and there's always the treatment fee. But it doesn't take very much to at least pay for itself. And that is very important. Do you see this becoming a full-time thing for you? Do you want to get out of the school nursing job? Well, personally, I don't want to be a nice lady full-time. <laughs> <laughs> so how many hours are you putting into it now? It seems like, hey, look, I got Sarah. She's handling the phones. I got the technicians. They're handling the treatments. It sounds like it's a relatively hands-off at this point. Yeah, it's pretty hands-off. I go in on Saturday mornings. I bring in products and I see if the place is clean. And if I, so this past weekend, I did bring in some products. I brought in boxes of stuff and I I put it all out down on the displays. I just made sure everywhere was clean. Tore up some paper towels to just, because that's sometimes we use paper towels to clean certain things and they're cut in half. And then I left. I wasn't even there for the full three hours, but that's my time where I tell Sarah, if anyone wants to come on a Saturday morning super early between nine and 12 or eight and 11, I'll come during that time. And I haven't done a treatment personally in months now at this point. I still like to go open those doors. I still like to just see 
the clinic. I love the clinic. I, I actually really do like treating people for head lice. You get to talk to the kids. You get to talk to the parents, the moms, the dads. You're laughing in the clinic and so many people come in that it's actually a fun time that you're making people feel more comfortable. But personally, I have three kids. I live 45 minutes away during rush hour and about 25 minutes away without any traffic, maybe 20. And I have a podcast, I have a blog, so I don't want to go in there all the time. Yeah, and it sounds like you've set it up in such a way that you don't need to. Would you consider expanding to new territories or you're like, I'm happy with just this one location? So I have talked to them about expanding to different territories and I'm actually talking to them again on Friday, but I'm not quite sure if I will do it in the same way. Like there are certain things that I would change the second time around. And so that's part of the discussion. If I can offer the service in different ways or if I can, there are certain things I want to test out and I don't know if they'll allow me to test them out. So I'm talking to them on Friday and We'll see what happens, basically. However, in general, opening this clinic has encouraged me to do and inspired me to do completely different things. You know, just in telling people about the story, it encouraged me to start a podcast. A friend heard the story. She's now a friend. She was a stranger, but she heard the story and she asked me to be her co-host. And so I said, of course, because that's what I do. (laughs) I say yes to (laughs) lots of things. So we have this podcast that's doing really well and other things. I'm going to write this book. So it leads you to other directions. This is the House of Fi podcast, by the way, houseoffi.com. It's about financial independence for families. Yeah, yep. And then the book. <laughs> yeah, and then the book. So the book, I have actually started it, and I think it could be very helpful for many, many people and basically answer lots of the questions that I get. But personally, it's also just something that I'd like to accomplish, and I'm very excited about the prospects of doing it as I'm starting. So I think that part of the thing that we all need to do when we're side hustling, just to make sure that our side hustles are in line with our interests and our happiness, is ask ourselves, what is it that would bring you the most fulfillment? And then you either double down on it or you diversify it. So it's like I've heard you talk about before in terms of simplifying things versus diversifying things. And that's the crossroads that I'm at. Do I simplify and just open another clinic? Do I diversify and do multiple things that are offshoots of that clinic? I'm really impressed with what you've built so far and what I am I know you'll continue to build. So it's LCA medford.com, Lice Clinics of America, medford.com. If you want to see what the Lice Clinic website looks like, encourage you to tune into the House of Phi podcast. And you can check out Tamika's blog at reluctantfrugalist.com. This one is super inspiring. I'm like really, you got my gears turning about all of the different ways to make this happen. You know, in a, in a niche, again, I say this every episode, I feel like that I never would have considered, never thought of, but hey, there's a demand for it. And, and you've obviously proven that and it's going, it's going really well. So let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. If you're thinking about going into a franchise agreement or a license agreement, there are three things that I would say that you need to do. One is you want to thoroughly read your franchise disclosure documents and your franchise agreement prior to signing anything. Almost everything is up for consideration. And so if they want to charge you a fee per use, if they want to charge you a royalty, some of those things can be negotiated and it may be a good idea to get a lawyer to look over it. Okay, everything is negotiable. Anything with a number, I would look more closely at. Second, you want to contact current franchisees or licensees. It might feel uncomfortable to you to call somebody and ask them about their business because we just live in that taboo type of a a world and a lot of us are limited by that. However, it's your money. And so the most that someone could do is say, no, I don't feel comfortable talking about that. But there will be someone who does feel comfortable talking about it. You can also look at my previous blog posts and there are some that speak to my experience opening a clinic. 
And then third, you want to make sure that you have enough liquid assets or cash flow to cover the first couple of years in business. Like I said before, I'm in the FIRE movement, which means that I paid off all my debt and I had a certain amount cash flow. I know that I can cover the rent if $0 comes in. That means that I don't have to necessarily have two years rent saved up in cash ready to go. But it does mean that if something goes wrong, I can pay without getting in trouble and losing my business. So you either need to have the cash flow to cover your costs or you need to have some liquid assets that you can pull from. Just in my opinion, for how I would like to feel comfortable and safe and going into any business. Right. There's this ramp up period where you're like, I've got this money going out and I need to build it up. So there's money coming in. And you you gave us a few ways to shorten that learning curve. But absolutely, don't go all in on this. Don't bet the farm on it if there's if there's no backup plan. (laughs) Don't don't bet the farm on life. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else that you want to add? Yes. So you want to know how much you're willing to put into the side hustle business before you get started. Are you creating a job that's reliant on your time and your presence, or are you creating a separate, independent side business? The answer is personal, but either way, have a plan and work a strategy that fits your needs. I like it. Have a plan that fits your needs, that in being intentional about the path that you go down and making sure there's, if you want it, some upside potential, maybe an exit strategy down the road. So you don't have to keep trading time for money. I think that's what has drawn a lot of people to the side hustle economy, the side hustle movement. So I'm all about it. Tamika, thank you so much. And we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Bye, guys. Whether you're about to launch your side hustle or maybe you're already in the thick of it, there's a skill that's going to need some attention. And that's bookkeeping, accounts receivable, you know, all that fun administrative stuff. Thankfully, that's where our sponsor, FreshBooks.com, comes in. FreshBooks makes ridiculously easy cloud accounting software designed specifically for side hustlers and freelancers who need to get up to speed in a hurry on the bookkeeping and accounting front. The reason I mention getting up to speed in a hurry is because FreshBooks has designed their software so that there's pretty much no learning curve. For example, you can create and send polished, professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds. It takes all of two clicks to set yourself up to receive payments online, and you can snap pictures of receipts with your phone to make managing your expenses about a million times easier. And truthfully, this is just a sliver of what FreshBooks can do to help you master the skill of dealing with your paperwork. I've been a customer for years, and as a Side Hustle Show listener, I want to invite you to claim your unrestricted 30-day free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle, and enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Tamika. Number one is homework first, action second. Normally, the advice is hey, just get started. Today, if the licensing model is attractive to you, I want to invite you to get started on the homework side first. And that's just because of the startup costs involved. Tamika didn't enter this business lightly. She'd done a ton of research both on the company and her demographics, but in also talking to other licensees, hey, what's it really like? And not just the cherry-picked ones the company invited her to call. She also, I think, had the advantage of being embedded in a community of parents. She had a sense of whether or not a service like this would be needed and if people would pay for it. That's takeaway number one, homework first, action second. Like we said, don't make a bet. You can't afford to lose there. Takeaway number two is 
variable costs whenever you can. I think Tamika was very strategic in how she set up this business to limit her overhead. Aside from the fixed costs of the facility, the rent, and her upfront cost of the license, almost everything else is able to scale up and scale down with demand. If she's getting more searches, her ad costs go up. If she's getting more appointments, her labor costs go up. But those expenses are tied directly to revenue and not the passing of an hour or a week or a month. I think this focus on variable costs goes for both offline businesses and online ones. How can you avoid or postpone signing up for fixed costs and set things up in such a way that costs are tied to revenue? In fact, I'm probably due to uh, do a little audit of monthly expenses myself and see if there's some stuff in there that I don't really need. So that's takeaway number two, variable costs wherever you can. Takeaway number three is pain pills versus vitamins. If you're considering a franchise or license, I think it might be easier to get a pain pill business off the ground rather than a vitamin business. So what do I mean by that? The Lice Clinic is very much a pain pill business. Hey, I have this problem. Can you make it go away? And people were typing that into Google. So it was a relatively straightforward for a marketing cost to step in front of those potential customers and say, yes, I can help. And here's how we do it. On the flip side, there's a new boxing gym near the coffee shop I go to here in Livermore. It's called the Omni Fight Club, and I think it's a franchise. It's a business with training wheels, like Tamika said, but it's much more of a vitamin business. I know I need to get in shape, but it's not as urgent as having lice. And because of that, the owners have had to get a lot more creative and probably spend a lot more money to attract customers. So takeaway number three, pain pills versus vitamins. Once again, notes for this episode, along with the full text summary and links to all the resources mentioned, are at sidehustlenation.com slash Tamika, again, T-I-M-I-K-A. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where you'll learn how to begin driving traffic from Pinterest, or in my case, how to revive an underperforming account. I'll see you then. Hustle on.